0: Here it is!
1: From deep inside your audio device of choice. Whatever it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a um, sort of landmark week in in the United States, in the media over here. In Britain, of course, now the leader of the Labour Party, is revealed to have consumed an alcoholic beverage during the lockdown period, uh, a beer specifically, with uh, his colleagues or his staff during the period when people were supposed to be locked down and not uh, socializing. And yes, yes, despite everyone's better judgment, it's being called beer gate. But over here, uh, they didn't even attach a gate to this. The leaking of an opinion by the United States Supreme Court that looks like it's fixing to abolish the constitutional protections heretofore offered by the Roe v. Wade opinion regarding the the personal a person's a citizen's right to an abortion in the United States of America. Um and, and yes Maybe enough has been said already, but I'm going to say one thing, at least now, that uh, is sort of, I don't hear being said elsewhere, which is why one might say it on one's own radio show or podcast if one had one. The three most recent appointees to the Supreme Court, uh, nominees of... uh, the former guy, all were asked about Roe versus Wade during their testimony, and all testified that they regarded it, that decision, as settled law, a precedent upon precedent, because it had been reaffirmed in another major court case in the 1990s. One of the hosts on the Sunday Act shows this week did ask a senator if uh, that senator thought that the uh, Supreme Court justices had committed perjury during that questioning because they clearly don't regard it as settled law or precedent given their signatures on this draft decision. Which is okay. That's, That's getting there. But these justices in their nomination hearings all took an oath to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth before Congress. So it's not just lying. It's lying to Congress. If you're old enough, I am, to remember Oliver North, ask your dad. Um, He was a um, worker in the White House under Ronald Reagan who um, had arranged for weapons to be sent to uh, the Contras, a group that opposed the Nicaraguan leftist government at the time, and lied before, under oath before Congress about it, and was uh, prosecuted and convicted. So that can happen. But nobody's even mentioning that they were under oath when they uh, told a fib, a little fibulation there. So we've got miles to go what I'm saying, I guess. And the other thing that occurred to me is, you know, the uh, pro-life was a slogan that was invented uh, two or three decades ago by the uh, supporters, by the opponents of um, abortion. And pro-life, you know, sounds, A, like it's for something, and B, you know, who hates life? Well, no, put your hands down. Come on now. Um, and it suggests that there's... That the basis of this opposition to abortion is because we want more life. Now, that was a slogan that was adopted, as I say, a few decades ago, before we began to realize just how much damage humans are doing to the Earth. And... um And so you wonder, like, well, okay, even now we know, or especially now we know um, more humans isn't necessarily good for everything around here. But where where does the whole thing of more, more humans come from? Well, it comes from the Bible. Be fruitful and multiply, the big guy said, according to the Bible. So this is not... You know the the normal liberal response to pro life really well. What about after they're born? You care about them then? Um, this is this is about religion. Oh, and they don't the uh, proponents of the pro life position. That is to say, the opponents of a- abortion don't really talk about that. Don't want to talk about. It why it is that they take that position but i think it really is about religion because otherwise they would care after the uh, babies are born about how they're treated and what chance they have in life so do with that with and pray on that won't you hello welcome to the show
0: MAN WHO LOVES HIS MOTHER IS MAN ENOUGH FOR ME, BRIGHTENING HER HOURS, SENDING HER FLOWERS, THOUGH IT'S NO ANNIVERSARY. MANY MEN WANT FAME AND FORTUNE, IT'S GOLD THEY LOVE TO SEE. But I'd say a man who loves his mother is man enough for me. Mother of Ma. Many men love dogs and kittens and pet them constantly. But show me a man who loves his mother, his mother as much as she wants to be. And I'll show you a man who is man.
1: From New Orleans, Louisiana, I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the Show. I know how to say it. So there's new information this week about our old friend COVID-19. And, um, you know, we've I, I, I think we've been living in kind of a dream world for the last month or so. You know, that's over. It was mild. Let's get out and do stuff. Comes this. From Imperial College of London this week, the lasting mental impacts of severe COVID-19 on areas like memory, your memory, your attention or your problem solving may be equivalent, those impacts, to 20 years of aging. We hate that. These are the findings of a new study led by a team of scientists from Cambridge and University in Imperial College of London. They're both universities, really, when you stop to think about it, but don't. Not worth it. Uh, The findings do suggest that cognitive impairment as a result of severe COVID is similar to that sustained between 50 and 70 years of age. It's the equivalent of losing 10 IQ points. We can all use that, losing 10 IQ points, can't we? This research is published in the journal E Clinical Medicine. It indicates the effects are still detectable more than six months after acute illness and that any recovery is at best gradual. According to researchers, this is the first time such rigorous assessment and comparison has been carried out in relation to the after effects of severe COVID. Author of the study says tens of thousands of people have been through intensive care with COVID-19 in England alone. Many more will have been very sick but not admitted to hospital. This means there are a large number of people out there still experiencing problems with cognition many months later. We urgently need to look and what can be done to help these people, unquote, or to confine them. There's growing evidence COVID-19 can cause lasting, L- Tom, lasting, mm-hmm. cognitive and mental health problems with recovered patients reporting symptoms, including fatigue, brain fog, problems recalling were well, words, sleep disturbances, anxiety, and even post-traumatic stress disorder months after infection. That's like now for a lot of people. In the UK, a study found one, one in seven individuals surveyed reported having symptoms, including cognitive difficulties, 12 weeks after a positive COVID test. Even mild cases can lead to persistent cognitive symptoms. Between a third and three-quarters of hospitalized patients report still suffering cognitive symptoms three to six months later. Patients took in this test not that many, 46, who received in-hospital care. Uh, Patients took cognitive tests an average of six months after their uh, illness. They used a uh, Cognitron platform. You knew it would have to happen, but it's not science fiction. It's real. Cognitron, which measures different aspects of mental faculty, such as uh, um, um, memory, attention, and reasoning. (laughs) Reasoning. Scales measuring anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder were also assessed. The data was compared against matched controls. The data, when analyzed, revealed COVID-19 survivors were less accurate, had slower response times than the matched control population, so they won't be going on jeopardy anytime soon. These deficits were still detectable. Six months later, the follow-up, the effect strongest for those who required mechanical ventilation. That's not happening much, is it? Survivors scored particularly poorly on tasks such as verbal analogical reasoning, finding supporting the commonly reported problem of difficulty finding the, um, you know, the the, uh, words. They also showed slower processing speeds, aligning with previous observations after COVID-19 of decreased brain glucose consumption within the frontoparietal network of the brain. That's the part responsible for attention, complex problem solving and working memory. Memory is not working. Is there unemployment insurance for memory that's not working? The study's senior author said cognitive impairment is common to a wide range of neurological disorders, including dementia and even routine aging. Oh, But the patterns we saw, the cognitive fingerprint of COVID-19 was distinct from all of these. The team found acute illness severity was better at predicting the cognitive deficits than um, anything else. Patients' scores and reaction times began to improve over time. The researchers say any recovery in cognitive faculties was at best gradual and likely to be influenced by a number of factors, including illness severity and its neurological or psychological impacts. More likely what's uh, what's going on is a number of factors. Inadequate oxygen or blood supply to the brain, blockage of large or small blood vessels due to clotting, and microscopic bleeding. Emerging evidence suggests the most important mechanism may be damage caused by the body's own inflammatory response and immune system. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Blame your body. And uh, stay on, on the lookout, I would suggest, according to what I've read this week, for BA... 4 and 5 yes indeed BA2 is just just coming our way but BA4 and 5 are uh, currently making their debuts in South Africa South Africa keeps better numbers on all of this than the good old United States of America which by the way has the highest percentage of its population dying of covid of any modern western country. That's right. We're number one. And now, News of the Olympic Movement. Produced by that guy. Modern Pentathlon's Governing Body says making TV-friendly obstacle racing the sport's fifth discipline would help build its future. But there's fierce opposition. The uh, Governing Body of Modern Pentathlon is going to test two variations of obstacle racing. Athletes run and or overcome obstacles in time competition. They selected that sport for more than 60 options. Pentathlon United, a group formed to block the removal of equestrianism, says the consultation process is illusory at best. It added an erp- April survey. So 77 of them, 77% of them say it's unlikely they'll stay in the sport if equestrianism is removed. We understand that some people are unhappy, but we have far more people who want to embrace the changes, says the vice president of the uh, federation for modern pentathlon, Joël Bouzou. What we're doing, he says, is building the future of our sport. But one Olympic champion in the sport, Joe Chung, will walk away from the sport if they push ahead with that plan. The Briton... Yes, Joe Chung is British. Told writers modern pentathlon was introduced by Baron-Pierre de Coupertin, the founder of the modern Olympics, at the 19... uh, sorry, yes, the 1912 Stockholm Games, as a representation of the skills required of a cavalry officer. Fencing, swimming, equestrianism, shooting, and running. They left out killing. In the 1990s, it was squeezed into a one-day format, while cross-country riding was replaced by show-jumping. So They've already screwed with it. The equestrian aspect has been criticized because athletes cannot ride their own horses, competing instead on those assigned to them. That criticism was among the reasons why the Federation embraced television-friendly obstacle racing. It's almost as if it's about TV. Buzu said the tactical nature of obstacle racing would make it interesting for athletes. There are moments when you have to jump, hang, and have to choose options, which means you have to think. We want to integrate all of this and find the complete athlete. And IOC Vice President Juan Antonio Samara has encouraged Hungary to target hosting the Games. Samara was speaking during a visit to Budapest to coincide with the International Modern Pantathlon Union World Cup. But there'll be some writing there. During the visit, Samarak met with the Hungarian Olympic Committee president and a couple others. He um, said the Hungarian Olympic Committee is following a clear upward curve, which can also be seen in the fact that a lot of new sports facilities are being built in Hungary. There are few countries where they take care of the Olympic movement so conscientiously. Now there is only one thing left to target the Olympic Games. You have the passion for this, the experience, the right sports diplomacy. And the governance is sport-driven. And the Olympics, why, it's a movement. And we all need one. Every day! Hungary, ladies and gentlemen. You checked in on, on... the government of Hungary lately, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It is um, it is a challenge if you're not if you're not following Hungary. It's in that marked car up ahead. Um, it um, it's a challenge to the notion that the European Union is a um, continent-wide union of democratic governments. Let's just put it that way. Oh, and uh, one more thing about the Olympics a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills TV star, Paralympic swimmer, and a self-described brand king, oh, to be a brand king, or queen, were among the Instagram and TikTok influencers who were paid by Chinese officials for a discreet campaign that promoted the Beijing Winter Olympics. This comes from documents released by the United States Justice Department. The uh, social media posts fanned across a variety of popular Instagram and TikTok accounts combined following of 5 million people. The Chinese consulate in New York paid $300,000 to a New Jersey-based firm, Vippy Media, to recruit the influencers. Yes, now there's an even newer occupation among us, ladies and gentlemen, influencer recruiters. How about that? And, of course, then you have to have people who uh, hire the influencer recruiters, and so forth. That's how you grow an economy. The posts were not properly labeled as ads in the way that TikTok and Instagram both require. It, It allows them to boost the reach and the resonance of their messaging to make it appear to be authentic, independent content, says Jessica Brandt, a Brookings Institution expert on foreign interference and disinformation. She said that about China's social media campaign. More details about the campaign were disclosed in filings this week with the Justice Department days after the Associated Press revealed that China is using a sweeping network. We need that at our house of influencers and social media accounts to subtly offer propaganda to users around the globe. The AP's reporting found that Vippy Media. Had not yet filed updates with the Justice Department on its influencer campaign, even though federal law requires the company to do so within twenty four hours of materials being disseminated. The company did register on the foreign agents registration act vippy media campaign cam, cam, media's campaign targeted at u s social media users, not addicts, just users reached roughly four million users with ads that were scattered in stories videos and posts across tiktok and instagram through january february and march by nearly a dozen influencers so that's good influencer recruiting right there the accounts named in the filing shared posts promoting the olympics with the hashtags hashtag beijing 2022 hashtag partner and hashtag ad majority of the content shared by the influencers advertised the Winter Olympics, showed pictures from some of the ceremonial events, and gave insights on Chinese cultural customs, like keeping people in uh, re-education camps. It's a custom! (laughs) Crystal Kung Minkoff, a cast member of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she was listed as one of the Influencers hired by Vippy, she posted a video on her Instagram where she conducted an at-home faux-news-style broadcast of a mock Olympics game of musical chairs with her children. Later, the post congratulates Team USA and says Beijing is the first city to host the summer and winter games. She didn't answer requests for comment. Jessica Long, a decorated... Paralympic swimmer and popular Instagram personality celebrated the upcoming Olympic, the then upcoming Olympus in a January 27 post to her nearly hundred thousand followers. Have fun making lasting memories at the Winter Olympic Games in Beijing, China. She didn't return a request for comment. Either Ryan Dubbs, the brand king, half a million followers. He frequently hawks skincare products, so he's really skincare king. He conducted a three-minute-long interview with China's Consul General in New York. Wang Ping. The spot's caption includes hashtags for the games. Wang and Dubs decry U.S. tariffs against Chinese imports. Dubs says he has amazing skincare suppliers in China, encourages entrepreneurs in the U.S. to do business with China. Wang followed up. Hong, Hong, sorry. Uh, Followed up by inviting U.S. businesses to come to China in the video. Dobbs didn't respond to the request for comment either. It's unclear how much each influencer was paid to post the content. They did not directly identify who sponsored the content. Instagram requires that influencers tag the sponsor. And both Instagram and TikTok require their users to register the posts as a paid partnership with the company. Most influencers, however, flout those rules, so they're flouter influencers. And leave social media users in the dark about who's paying for the posts they see in their feeds. The flouting influencers, ladies and gentlemen. Sounds like a band. Should be a band. Should be banned. And Speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, not speaking of which at all, we've waited about a decade and a couple of years to learn to learn what I'm about to t- share with you from Business Insider. In its report, the 9-11 Commission took particular pains not to implicate Omar al-Bayoumi. He's a Saudi national who met two of the hijackers, the 9-11 hijackers, in L.A. Shortly after they arrived in the U.S., he helped them move to San Diego, where he signed as the guarantor on an apartment they rented. Bayoumi has long maintained he met the hijackers by coincidence. The commission didn't try to contradict that. Painted a mostly innocuous portrait of his background concluding he was in the US, U.S. as a business student, and they worked for the Saudi Civil Aviation Authority. I don't believe he was a Saudi government agent working to help terrorists, wrote the 9-11 Commission's executive director, Philip Zelikow, in 2007, answering a question from a journalist. But over the last several months, a raft of new documents released by the American and U.K. government suggests that the 9-11 Commission got it wrong an FBI memo declassified a couple of months ago in response to an order by President Biden reported that Bayoumi was receiving a monthly stipend from Saudi intelligence he was not a student but a spy he was tasked according to the FBI with gathering information on persons of interest in the Saudi community and passing the intelligence on to Prince Bandar bin Sultan Al Saud Saudi ambassador at the time very well known around Washington, D.C. circles. Allegations of his involvement with Saudi intelligence were not confirmed at the time of the 9 11 report, said the memo's author. That's a FBI special agent. His name is redacted. The above information now confirms those allegations, he says. No comment from the FBI? Last year, newly declassified FBI files suggested that at his initial meeting, Bayoumi's, with the hijackers, had been arranged by con- contacts at the Saudi consulate in Los Angeles. Not just a coincidental meeting, Saudi consulate set it up. Thomas Kane, the former New Jersey governor who chaired the nine eleven commission, acknowledged now that Bayoumi was definitely involved with the Saudi government, remains uncertain about what form that took, It's difficult in Saudi Arabia, he says, to decide who's who, whether it's the royal family or Saudi intelligence, unquote. That's like here. He also reiterated the commission found no evidence to suggest that Bayoumi had advanced knowledge of the attacks, but a second collection of documents released by the British government last week in response to a civil lawsuit against the Saudi government by the families of 9-11 victims points to the possibility Bayoumi knew about the attacks before they took place. Among his papers was a diagram depicting a plane descending towards a, a target on the horizon. Beside the document, uh, sorry, beside the diagram is a formula used to calculate the distance to the target. British police seized that diagram in 2001. Its existence wasn't noted until three years after the 9/11 Commission issued its report. So there's still disagreement among uh, those who are supposed to know. Mark Rossini, a former FBI agent who worked as a liaison with the CIA's bin Laden unit, didn't believe the Biomi had advanced knowledge of the 9-11 attacks. That, he said, was limited to a small circle within al-Qaeda. But after reviewing the diagram, he changed his mind. Quote, there's no question that guy was a Saudi agent. He lied. It's unequivocal. Unquote. But there'll be more, you know. By the time we're dead, we'll know.
0: That sunny day, oh, stormy. Oh, stormy. Bring back that sunny day.
1: From New Orleans, this is the show. And now that name must be spoken. The former guy, he had a a notable week. The uh, he's been on a uh, this is former president <clears throat> Trump, <laughs> the um, the candidate he endorsed in Ohio. J.D. Vance, the uh, author of Hillbilly Elegy, who went from anti-Trumper to oh my God, do I love Trump, in uh, just the time it took to uh, move his residence and. Uh, sign up as a candidate in the Ohio senatorial race um and whose name Trump at a rally a week before the election actually didn't remember J P something actually he thought it, he did the initials and then he used the name of Vance's chief opponent in the Republican primary and yet the voters the voters knew what he meant and so Vance won the primary. Um, Trump's endorsements in other states are a little bit more con- controversial, even than that. Uh, in the Pennsylvania senatorial election, he has um, endorsed TV doctor Mehmet Oz. Mehmet is a uh, Turkish first name. Oz reportedly has um, more than that as a connection to uh, his... The, his nomenclature's homeland. Let's put it that way. I don't think he was born there, but he's of Turkish descent and he's ascending back. Um, as I said, there's there's quite a bit of um, criticism of Trump for that endorsement because of uh, dubiousness among right-wing Republicans about Dr. Oz's credentials as a conservative. Of course, there have been questions, viewers of his show had questions about his other credentials for years. But, uh, and um, the other thing that is notable in Trump world this week is uh, they were bragging, were they, about being atop the newly downloaded list on uh, on Apple at the App Store for the first time. Uh, so far, the uh, name of the, uh, it's the, uh, social network that uh, Trump started when he was banned from Twitter. Um, It's had few users in the time since it was introduced a couple of months ago. Um, Reports indicate that um, one of the people who hasn't really used it a lot uh, for uh, messages is Donald Trump. I guess he's waiting for the viewers The um, Truth Social has, I think, uh, half a million regular users, you know, Twitter and all the rest are in the millions. And, um, of course, what happens to Twitter will be decided by its new owner, Elon Musk, assuming that he doesn't change his mind. This week... For the first time, the post-presidency is fun again. And for the chief executive turned wannabe chief executive, at least some of the numbers are looking good. So, Junior, what do you need? (laughs) I don't need anything, Dad. Just my love and approval, right? Yeah, I just dropped by to spend some quality time with you. You want to play some golf? Does it look like I'm dressed for golf? (laughs) Sometimes, my darling boy, I think you're too dumb to be my son. Thank God I got another one. I I, I mean, sometimes when I'm not around, it seems like stuff happens that affects me. Like selling the D.C. hotel. Maybe you should discuss this stuff with your girlfriend. She could yell some common sense into you. (laughs) Oh, well. First, this is between me and Eric. He's the son with the brain. Second, see the first thing again. Okay, forget the hotel. I lost money on that deal, genius. Fine, but you're sold to a bunch of eco-wackos. MAGA people now don't have a spot that welcomes them. You're not recording, right? Of course not. MAGA people coming to D.C. can stay at the Y. Don't oh. get me wrong. They're the best people in the world. But but what? I mean, when you run again and win, you're still going to need a place for people who want to influence you to stay. Then I buy it back. No need to lose millions in the meantime. Anything else on your alleged mind? Yeah, actually. A lot of people I'm talking to are upset that you uh, you endorse Dr. Oz. What? They wanted me to endorse Dr. Phil instead. He's anti-gun, he's anti-life, he's not a conservative, he's certainly not MAGA. You don't think I'm hearing that, too? You think I'm sitting here all day not answering my private phone? But the last person I thought I'd have to explain this to is some kid with only half my DNA. But But, Listen, kiddo, read my statement. I've known the guy for years. Not in person, but uh, through the tube. Like people knew me. Nothing is more MAGA than getting famous on TV. You think our people cared that I I got that Ohio guy's name wrong? J.D. Vance? Good. You can remember it. I got other (laughs) things to do. But he was on TV a lot. Bingo. Winner. You think I'm going to endorse some hedge fund schmuck who's got the charisma of a friggin' ashtray? That's the problem with this stupid party, right? They're not recruiting enough candidates from TV. Okay, well... Just go hang out at the golf course, Junior. I'll join you out there, eventually. Musk here. Elon, it's Don. (laughs) Donald. The Donald. Trump. Hey, this is so cool. (laughs) I was just at a meeting with some of the engineering team who was talking about maybe in a couple of years. Inviting you to take a ride. <laughs> I don't do that space thing. Too gimmicky. No, no, a ride in a sideboat truck. It really is coming out soon. So what's up? Need some weed? Look, I know you're buying Twitter. I'm in talks to buy it. You never know till somebody makes the fat lady sing. But if you want a guarantee that you'll be allowed back on the platform. Hey, like I said publicly, you may need Twitter, but I got Truth Social, right? Can I tell you, I think that's a clunky name? What, what successful business has a two word name? Trump Hotels. No. So, look, I know you're busy. I'm not exactly sitting in a Palm Beach sunroom watching the view myself, but I just wanted to pitch on a whole new way for you to communicate with the world. You should have an account on Truth Social. Donald. I have 80 million followers on Twitter. Yeah, but nobody wants to read tweets from the owner. On Truth Social, you'd be on the same level as every other user. It'll be a big surprise for you to show up there. Yeah, especially to my co-investors on Twitter. And that thing, you're not reaching the MAGA people. (laughs) We own them, and you're going to want to reach them. Eventually, Donald, I've got tunnels to dig, but uh, great to hear from you. Okay, but about that guarantee of being back on Twitter? We'll talk when the deal closes. Great idea. New team, new tasks, same mission. We're going to make communicating with the public great again. Now, the beach is his portal The Marra Prentice. That's a two-word name, too. Now, ladies and gentlemen, news of the warm, won't you?
0: Soft, listen to the warm. We can listen to the war.
1: The area of land cleared of trees in the Brazilian Amazon rainforest... Last month approached double that in the same month a year ago. Deforestation in the region is now at a record monthly level for the third time this year, according to preliminary Brazilian government data. They should know. The large-scale removal of trees in the rainforest is seen by climate scientists as a major blow to efforts to contain global warming. The region absorbs vast amounts of CO2 because of all the trees. Get rid of the trees... In light of the records already set this year, experts warn this could be Brazil's fourth straight year of decade-high deforestation. This uh, year was seventy so in April was seventy-four percent more than 2021, which was the previous record. It's the first time deforestation has exceeded 390 square miles during a month in the rainy season. In January, 166 square miles were cleared, more than four times the amount in the same month last year. February, up 62%. Overall, the first four months of the year saw record deforestation, 1,900. No, sorry, 754 square miles cleared. That's 69% more than last year. The whole deforestation thing in the Amazon has soared since President Jair Bolsonaro took office in 2019. He's a right described, at least by Deutsche Welle, German news service, as a. Right-wing populist. He's weakened environmental protection for the region, arguing that more farming and mining in the Amazon will help reduce poverty in the region. That's the cause of this record has a first and last name, Jair Bolsonaro, said the head of a Brazilian group, Climate Observatory. The Brazilian Justice Ministry and the Environment Ministry, they say the government was doing much to fight environmental crimes and combat deforestation. The major road-building projects in the Amazon, promoted by Bolsonaro, are driving illegal logging. Tom, please. Illegal logging. It's a little little uh, robo- robotic, but yeah, okay. By facilitating access, which drives up land value and makes economic activities such as cattle raising easier. Or more necessary. The Amazon is the world's largest tropical rainforest, an enormous carbon sink, Carbon scientists fear the deforestation of the Amazon will not only release huge amounts of carbon into the atmosphere, but also lead to the eventual degradation of the forest into tropical savanna. I'm not talking about the city. It's okay, but plenty of people live there. A tropical savanna, ladies and gentlemen, in the middle of Brazil. Who'd have thunk it? Agricultural water scarcity is expected to increase in more than 80% of the world's croplands by the middle of this century, according to a new study published in the American Geophysical Union's journal, Earth's Future. The new study examines. What about the Earth's future? What about my future? That's what I. This new study examines current and future water requirements for global agriculture and predicts whether the water levels available, either from rainwater or irrigation, will be sufficient under climate change. To do so, the researchers developed a new index to measure and predict water scarcity in agriculture's two major sources, soil water that comes from rain, that's called green water, and irrigation from rivers, lakes, and groundwater. You want to guess what that's called? That's right, blue water. It's the first study to apply this comprehensive index worldwide and predict global blue and green water scarcity as a result of climate change. Carbon dioxide is known to have a fertilizing effect on plant growth. The gas is often added to greenhouse crops to help improve yields. Scientists now say this same CO2 fertilization effect, acting on planetary rather than greenhouse scales, could help offset global warming by promoting the growth of trees and shrubs that store carbon released by the burning of fossil fuels. See that? This is uh, from fizz.org. It's also been suggested this effect is especially pronounced in tropical ecosystems, where elevated carbon dioxide levels are said to favor the spread of woody cover. He'll be our guest next week. That No, that's trees and shrubs, over grasslands that store less carbon. This highly influential concept of tropical greening due to anthropogenically elevated carbon dioxide levels is difficult to test. The idea has been challenged recently by findings from long-term observational field studies. Now, a study of vegetation change in tropical western Africa over the last half million years finds atmospheric carbon dioxide levels had a surprisingly small effect on the extent of woody cover. As I said, he'll be joining us next week. Acrid smoke hung over New Delhi for a second day a couple of weeks ago after massive landfill caught fire during a scorching heat wave, forcing informal waste workers to endure hazardous conditions. This doesn't sound like a particularly cool way to uh, celebrate the end of summer in India, does it now? Some of the world's largest cities, including Houston, are sinking faster than sea levels are rising, according to a report from the World Economic Forum. Thirty-three cities worldwide are sinking at rates of more than one centimeter a year. That's five times the rate of sea level rise. Houston is the tenth fastest sinking city in the world, which takes the onus off, off New Orleans. Thank you, Houston. Thank you very much. News of the Warm. Ladies and gentlemen, copyrighted feature of this broadcast, and now the apologies of the week.
0: We're so sorry.
1: A former Colorado police officer has been sentenced to five years in prison for assaulting a woman with dementia during an arrest. Two years ago, Karen Garner, then 73, was left with a broken arm, sprained wrist, and a soldier injury during the arrest by uh, Officer Austin Hopp. Footage later showed police officers laughing while viewing footage of the incident. Hopp, the police officer who assaulted her, pleaded guilty to assault charges, avoided a potential sentence of between 10 and 30 years, had he been convicted following a trial. Stems from an incident in which Hop and another officer responded to a shoplifting call at a Walmart. Mrs. Garner had been suspected of taking about $14 worth of goods without paying. Members of staff, according to the CCTV, stopped her to uh, recover the cans of fizzy drinks and laundry detergent. As she walked home, body camera footage shows officers approaching her and then... uh, She doesn't comply with orders that she stop. She's grabbed roughly by hop and taken to the ground, arm forced behind her, towards her shoulder blades. uh, At the police station later, the other officers laughed at the audible pop when her shoulder is dissipated on the tape and no medical attention was provided to Mrs. Garner for several hours while in detention. The community is paying $3 million in compensation to her. Her family says her condition was... Worsened. And this week, Hop apologized to the Garner family and said he made, quote, a terrible mistake, unquote. You want, the, you want the wonderful mistakes, man. Denver, deadline, disciplined documents obtained by local TV station reveal inmates convinced the deputy to allow them to order Uber Eats into jail. It may have been a scheme to get drugs into the downtown Denver jail. Deputy Derek Peterson, been in with the department six years, was uh, fired because of his unfitness to hold the position of Denver Deputy Sheriff. The documents indicate Peterson allowed several inmates to order Uber Eats as a gesture of gratitude for keeping his area of the jail clean. He claims he checked the food and find didn't find any foreign objects. The documents indicate one of the inmates knew someone on the outside who worked for Uber Eats who would deliver food items to the jail. Peterson's actions enabled multiple inmates to obtain drugs, one of whom tried to commit suicide. According to the documents, Peterson says, I made a mistake. I take full responsibility for my actions. I was in the wrong and went against my better judgment. And for that, I apologize. But he did try to keep his job unsuccessfully. Schiffle Airport... Director Dick Benchop, this is in Amsterdam, has apologized to travelers for the problems that arose at the airport in recent weeks. He attributed the problems to an increase in air passengers and fewer available staff than those who were scheduled to work. The latter was partially due both to coronavirus infections and workers out with the flu. A son of a Brooklyn judge who dressed as a caveman and helped lead the charge against police lines against barricades in the January 6th Capitol riot, was sentenced to eight months in prison after pleading guilty this week to felony civil disorder. Aaron Mostovsky, a 35-year-old aspiring architect, he really should be into the profession by 35, don't you think, babe? Appended to being one of the first 12, but he was busy, you know, putting on a caveman outfit being one of the first 12 people to enter the Capitol's broken Senate-wing doors and windows shortly after 2.15, while wearing a raccoon fur pelt and stealing a police chief, a police shield, and bulletproof vest. The judge says he didn't know what sucked Mustovsky quote, down this hole of a stolen, stolen election fantasy, unquote. Really? I can guess, but the judge had it. I hope you'll leave some of your fantasy world behind at this point because I hope you understand your indulgence in that fantasy led to this tragic situation. Tragic for the company, for the country as to what happened that day, and tragic for you and what you did and the effect it will have on your life. He told a friend his costume was meant to announce that even a caveman would know the 2020 presidential election was stolen. So he's stealing from an old Geico commercial. He asked for mercy and explained what he said were a series of bad decisions that day when he was talking to the judge. When he witnessed police using crowd dispersal munitions such as tear gas and pepper spray, quote, I should have walked away, but I walked toward the barriers. I pushed back. I should not have done that, he said. He said he should not have entered the Capitol. Quote, I'm ashamed of my contribution to the chaos of that day, and I apologize to members of Congress, all of their employees, and to the Capitol Police officers that were in attendance. He's the first January 6th defendant to be sentenced on a felony rioting charge, punishable by up to five years in prison. So he got off easy. And Liam Neeson has apologized for his 2019 racism controversy. The actor previously confessed he once walked the streets looking to kill a black person after someone close to him was raped many years ago. He admitted to being frightened by his own attitude at the time, and he also apologized to anyone he offended. I look back, man, it honestly frightens me. I thought people knowing who I once was, that it would make clear who I am, who I've become, but with all that being said, I'm sorry. I apologize if I hurt people. He is a talking in uh, the TV show Atlanta to a character called Paperboy about this incident. This is this season. Didn't you learn that you shouldn't say stuff like that? Paperboy asks him. I says Liam Neeson, but I also learned that the best and worst part about being white is you don't have to learn anything if you don't want to. The episode was written by the creator of Atlanta. And it is a brilliant TV show. The Apologies of the Week, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Oh, and uh, one more. Drew Barrymore has apologized after facing backlash for making light of the ongoing Johnny Depp and Amber Heard defamation trial. She had said on her uh, TV show, It's like one layer of crazy. It's like a seven-layer dip of insanity. She since apologized on Instagram. It has come to my attention I've offended people by making light of them and for that I just want to deeply apologize and appreciate everyone who spoke out because this can be say it with me now a teachable moment for me and how I move forward and how I conduct myself I will grow from this and change from it and I thank everyone for helping me grow along the way and watching me, thank you it for this edition of the show back next week at the same time on these same radio stations on your audio device of choice whenever you want it and be just like watching Drew Barrymore if you'd agree with me join me then will you already thank you very much uh-huh. a tip of the show chapeau to the San Diego desk the Hawaii desk to Pam Halstead to Thomas Walsh here at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's broadcast the email address for this program the m- playlist of the music heard here on And so much more at harryshearer.com, And I'm on Twitter at the Harry The show comes to you from Century of Progress. Productions originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans. Flagship station of the Change is Easy radio network. So long from New Orleans.